1: Welcome to Shelly's Show and Tell with your host, Shelly Hancock. Shelly has been a licensed esthetician since 1988 and successful skincare center owner since 1990, who now spends much of her time mentoring fellow estheticians in creating profitable businesses. Shelly will explore and recommend proven business ideas, as well as show you how to use the law of attraction to create health, happiness, and a prosperous business. Now, here's your host, Shelly Hancock.
2: Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome. You're listening to Shelly's Show and Tell. I'm your host, Shelly Hancock, and that's Shelly with an EY. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope you all had a great Fourth of July holiday. We did the typical barbecue thing at a family member's house, but one thing that we did that wasn't typical for my husband and I was karaoke. And everyone there at the party was bound to determine that everyone had to get up to sing. They made us pick numbers out of a hat so that there was no getting out of it. Well, my husband and I actually have pretty good singing voices, and we love to do our duets in the car while traveling, but never in front of an audience. So we decided to take our turns together and do a duet. We picked the song Chemistry of Love by Michael Franks. If you haven't heard that song yet, ah, oh, you need to look it up. It's so beautiful. Chemistry of Love by Michael Franks. So it's a party and everyone's had a few libations. So it's noisy. Everyone's having fun and chatting. Our song starts. We begin singing and the whole room immediately goes quiet. Everyone's attention is on us. At first, I'm not sure if it's this because we're good or because we're so bad that this is a pity attention. Like, oh, poor Nate and Shelly. Bless their little hearts for getting up there. But pretty soon, I hear a holler of appreciation. And then, you go now from someone else. And then, oh, you sing that, girl, from another person. So I'm thinking, okay. We're doing good. And then so the show-off in me comes out. Uh, actually, I should say the show-off in both of us comes out. I used to be a professional dancer in my much younger years, so I started making some moves, and I turned to my husband, and we sing into each other's eyes, and all the women go, "Ah!" We were hamming it up and having so much fun. As the song ends, we give each other a sweet little kiss, and the audience explodes into cheers and clapping. But here's the funny part. Someone yells at me, you two have been lying to us. You're not running a skincare business. You've been singing on cruise ships. And we all had a really good laugh on that one. It was a really fun day. So let me get serious now. Uh, I have a very special guest today that is going to share with us how sugar affects our brains. We know it's bad for us, but do we understand just how bad it is? This is going to be a really Really good show, you guys, but first, let me do my usual spiel, and then we'll get started. If you're listening to my show today for the first time, I want to welcome you, and I also want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me. If this is not your first time joining me, welcome back, and a big thank you for being here again. I'm a licensed esthetician since 1988 and a skincare center owner since 1990 who loves to share the things that I've learned along the way in the aesthetic world, as well as how I've used the law of attraction as a tool to create success and happiness in both my business life and my personal life. If you want to get the complete skinny on me, please go back and listen to my show dated June 15th, 2015, over a year ago now when I started. Um, please visit ShellyShowAndTell.com to listen to any of my past shows. And for my licensed estheticians out there, you can pop on over to ShellyHancock.com to keep updated on the latest in the aesthetic world. And please sign up for my email updates also watch my latest fun adventure on primpmyface.com it's a fun and informative industry video that we had so much fun making i hope you enjoy it and as always i love receiving your emails at contactme at shelleyhancock.com. i really do love hearing from you Now at the beginning of every show, I do what I call is my food for thought, which is a saying from one of my mentors or a famous philosopher or just something really cool that I want to share with you. Today's saying is from an author named William Arthur Ward. Here it is. The experienced mountain climber is not intimidated by a mountain. He is inspired by it. The persistent winner is not discouraged by a problem. He is challenged by it. Mountains are created to be conquered. Adversities are designed to be defeated. Problems are sent to be solved. It is better to master one mountain than a thousand foothills. After I first read that, I stopped for a moment to really think about it. I liked the sound of it, but I felt like there may be something deeper, a deeper meaning that I didn't initially understand. So I read it to myself again, and I'm actually gonna read it to you guys again because there's something really, really, really good in this. The experienced mountain climber is not intimidated by a mountain. He is inspired by it. The persistent winner is not discouraged by a problem. He is challenged by it. Mountains are created to be conquered. Adversities are designed to be defeated. Problems are sent to be solved. It is better to master one mountain than a thousand foothills. Now, this is what came up for me. Perhaps we shy away from the big mountains because the foothills look so much easier to conquer. But then what are we missing at the top of that mountain? Are there times when you don't push yourself to that bigger goal, whatever it is, because it looks too daunting? You choose something smaller or faster because you know you can achieve it with little adversity or challenge, but in the end, you're not really satisfied. My husband and I call this settling. Here are some examples of what I mean. You don't go for that promotion at work because it's going to take you out of your comfort zone to get there. So you just settle for the position you already have. You need to lose a few pounds, but getting started with that workout program and getting on a healthy diet seems, well, not so fun. So you tell yourself, I'm okay with the way I am. But when you do that, you're really settling for not feeling the best about yourself that you can. You're single and would love to be in a relationship, But being vulnerable and putting yourself out there is just too scary. Or how about the opposite? You're in an unhappy relationship and the thought of leaving and starting all over again is just too scary. So you stay single or you stay in that relationship. In either case, you've settled. I think you're getting my point here. So let's not be intimidated by our challenges. Let's be inspired by them. Okay, enough of me chit-chatting away. Let's get on with the show. My special guest today is Dr. Joan Kent. I've known Joan since the very early 90s. She was one of my first skincare clients and has stuck with me all of these years until I moved away a few years ago. I miss seeing her so much. Joan came in religiously every three weeks for all those years. We really got to know each other very, very well, and we've grown old together. Well, wait a minute. Let me rephrase rephrase that. We've grown older together. Let me tell you a little bit about Joan. She has a Ph.D. in psychoactive nutrition. She uses ordinary foods to change brain chemistry and hormones. This empowers women who have tried everything for their binge eating to stop binging, to eliminate cravings, and to gain control so they can lose weight, flip their moods, transform their health, and feel great about themselves. Joan offers nutrition support for mood issues and inflammation, the root cause of disease. She specializes in sugar addiction, cravings, binge eating, and metabolic disorders such as diabetes, insulin resistance, high blood pressure, heart disease breast cancer, and other major illnesses. Joan has written two books, Stronger Than Sugar, a number one Amazon International bestseller, and I have it right here in my hot little hands. It's fabulous, which describes the true causes of sugar cravings, how sugar affects health and weight, and steps to defeat sugar addiction. And her second book, The Sugar-Free Workout, also a number one international bestseller, gives tips for fueling before during, and after workouts for maximum results. Today, Dr. Joan will discuss cool stuff about food and sugar that you may not know. You know sugar is bad for you, but do you know how bad and why? Even though sugar is known to be junk, not everyone understands how... how many many different ways it affects us. Joan has been focusing on health and mood issues caused by sugar ever since that low-fat craze when no one worried about sugar and ate lots of it. She earned a Circle of Scholars nomination for pioneering research on how binge eating disorder is worsened by sugar. Joan and I will discuss today several topics, including how sugar affects your brain and makes you eat more the real reasons you crave sugar treats, and what you can do about that right now, how sugar caused the obesity epidemic, and why sugar the sugar industry is to blame. I am so super excited to talk to Dr. Joan, so let's just bring her on. Joan, are you there? I'm here. Yay, Thanks how are you? Yeah, like I said, I miss seeing you.
3: And uh, likewise, uh, yes, and we did. I don't like to admit it, but we have grown older together.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had to change my verbiage there right away, older instead of old. <laughs> well, I spoke quite a bit, so we only have a couple of minutes before we have to go to our first break, but do you have just a little um, intro about yourself that everybody would like to hear before we go to a break?
3: I think you actually did a great job of giving my <laughs> intro, so it might just be redundant, Um Uh, yes.
2: Okay. So let's just take two seconds and then we're just going to talk personally before we go to break and then we'll get into the good stuff. Um, about our, all our years of, of doing facials together. Um, you were, you have you were along the ride with me. Everybody's kind of been hearing for the last year about, you know, all, everything I've done in skincare. And you were one of my, um, let's call you guinea pig for all the new equipment I would bring in. (laughs) Yes, she laughs. laughs. And you trusted me.
3: <laughs> I, of course, I absolutely trusted you completely. And yeah, you did some great things for my skin. So why wouldn't I trust you?
2: Uh, well, we had we had a lot of fun. There were some things that weren't necessarily bad, but just like, mm, nah, don't think so. You know, we went through a few of those as well.
3: Yeah, it was well, fun. that's the way. Not everything is 100 percent, right? Yeah. Yeah,
2: it was very fun. Well, let's go ahead and just take that break, and then we're going to get into the meat of things. So everybody out there, hang tight, and I'll see you all on the other side of the break.
3: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Real
4: Transformation Skincare Center in beautiful Capistrano Beach, California offers the latest innovative cutting edge anti aging and acne treatments. Owner Shelly Hancock has 28 years of experience in the industry, so, with that, you can expect to get results. Visit us on the web today at realtransformationcenter.com. We offer facial treatments, body treatments, and a variety of skincare products. Call us for more information, 949-481-4037 or at www.realtransformationcenter.com. Shelly Hancock Consulting is your trusted aesthetic advisor. Shelly uses her 28 years of experience to help aestheticians take their business to the next level. Shelly offers private one on one consulting, plus training workshops, aesthetic equipment sales, skincare products, and business success tips just for you and your business. Please visit www.shellyhancock.com to find out more or to help you transform your skincare business. That's Shelly with an EY, Hancock.com.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
1: You are listening to Shelly's Show and Tell to reach our show today please call 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 or feel free to email contact me at shellyhancock.com now back to shelly's show and tell
2: Welcome back to Shelly Show and Tell. I'm your host, Shelly Hancock, and today I'm chatting with Dr. Joan Kent about sugar and how it affects our brains. And Dr. Joan, I wanted to say before I kind of got into the questions, um, when you sent me your book, Stronger Than Sugar, Seven Simple Steps to Defeat Sugar Addiction, Lift Your Mood and Transform Your Health, at first, I was like, oh, "Okay, am I going to be able to, you know, am I going to be able to read this?" I was expecting it to be kind of a dry read, and the first time I sat down and opened the book, I was halfway through it before I stopped. It was <laughs> y- you—you just you make this very simple to understand. You've got a little bit of humor in there now and then, which makes it nice and light, and a lot of aha moments. So, a um, fabulous book. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, really, really good. So everyone, um, I highly recommend when we finish the show today to go on Amazon and buy Stronger Than Sugar. Okay, my first question for you today is how did you start studying sugar and the brain?
3: Wow. Well, that probably has to go back to my personal history with sugar. I call myself the world's foremost recovered sugar addict. And I'm very happy to say that I'm a recovered sugar addict, uh, but before I recovered, before I got away from sugar, all I have wanted from the moment I woke up in the morning to the moment I went to sleep at night was sugar. Yes, mm-hmm. I did eat other things because I knew that I was supposed to and I knew how unhealthy it would have been if I hadn't, but all I ever really wanted was sugar. So eating all that sugar wasn't going well for me. I had headaches all the time. I had mood swings like crazy. I was getting colds frequently. One year I had five colds in the space mm. of a year. And and yet the low point for me was probably one day when I was leaving work around 5 p.m. And it was, um, it was sunny out and the roads were dry and clear. I had eaten some sugar maybe around 3.30 or 4 o'clock. And I got into my car, and on the freeway at 65 miles an hour, I fell asleep behind a wheel.
2: Oh, my word.
3: I'll spare you the dismal details um, just because nobody wants to hear that. But I will say that I totaled my car, messed up my neck, and the cop who arrived on the scene asked me if I had been drinking. So I told him the truth. I said, I don't drink. Yeah. And yet he still made me get out of the car and stand on one foot to prove that I was sober. And then he did that flashlight thing in my eyes to test for drug use. So I passed his test. Oh, and Lord. yet it was a very scary and expensive lesson. And <clears throat> if we could say there was an upside to this, it's that I, it started me studying sugar and what was happening with me. And along the way, I learned a heck of a lot about sugar, not just about how it can make us fall asleep behind the wheel, but also how it makes us eat more and can even cause obesity.
2: Now, did this all happen before you started doing your, your, your studying for your Ph.D. and all that? This was long before that?
3: Um, I would say it was a couple of years before that. It started me in in that direction right away. I did not know this stuff until that time. Yeah.
2: Wow. You never shared that story with me before. For all these (laughs) years, we've known each other. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. (laughs) Um, So, but, well, did you, uh, in all the years I've known you, you've never been overweight. So did it affect you that way as well?
3: It did. I probably did a lot of yo-yoing you know uh prior to that and so um yeah i think it did have an effect on that it had an effect on all the things i mentioned you know my moods my my uh physical health yeah it had it affected me in a lot of different ways
2: so <clears throat> tell us how you like when you had that aha moment like what did you how did you immediately started studying uh, about it where, where where was your first thing you did
3: I started reading everything I could get my hands on, and this was a long time ago, so there wasn't that much information out there. If someone wanted to learn about sugar now, they could find a lot of uh, information, but it just this wasn't something people were studying, because back then, everyone was worried about eating low-fat.
2: Right, right.
3: And so the low-fat low eating, you could have found a lot of information about, but not sugar, because people were, were substituting sugar for fat, and so on and so forth. So,
2: mm. yeah. Okay, so then, obvious question, kind of, right? What does the sugar have to do with the obesity ep- epidemic? Seems oh, like an obvious. okay, well, sugar,
3: sugar does actually make us eat more. But, you know, before I get into that, yeah. I want to I talk about who's to blame for the obesity epidemic because it makes me angry, and that is the sugar industry. We have to put the blame squarely on the shoulders of the sugar industry. Um, Let's go back, if you don't mind, into the 1970s. If you read science journals from the 1970s, you would see that researchers were actually investigating health problems caused by sugar. Um, In 1974, a guy named William Dusty, I think, wrote a book called Sugar Blues. Maybe some people remember that book. And this was really before anyone knew about Sugar and brain chemistry, or foods and brain chemistry, but they were going in that direction, and I'm sure the sugar industry didn't like that. They were probably worried about their profits. And the mm-hmm. sugar industry is a really powerful lobby in Washington, D.C., and they started in ways I don't really know working their evil and they made fats the enemy. So the next thing you know, everyone was worried about eating fat. Fat will cause heart disease. Fat will cause you to be fat, and so on. And we had, uh, I remember very clearly, we had the low-fat craze, and it didn't seem like a craze. It seemed like the right way to eat. And that went from maybe the early to mid-1980s through to 1999 and even beyond that. And so all those years... Uh, some people still believe it now. People were avoiding fats like crazy. So how did this profit the food industry or the sugar industry, I should say? Well, first, all the food companies started making low-fat products that, or even non-fat products, versions of their, their regular high-fat products. And they had to find a way to add the flavor back that they lost when they took the food out so what do you think they used? Sugar. Yeah. Yes. Oh. So they started putting sugar into this. So now the sugar industry was benefiting because all of this added sugar was going into food. And another thing that has to do with the brain chemistry, and I'll get into this in just a moment, is that people tend to want more carbohydrates, including sugar, when they don't eat fat. There's something known as the sugar fat seesaw, and it's real. And that's what it's all about. And nobody explains what it is, but in my dissertation, I explained that it has to do with a certain hormone and a particular brain chemical because you know, when we don't eat fat, we want carbs and specifically sugar. And there are reasons for that. Oh, be darned. So. Yeah. So then on top of this, so this all came at the expense of the American population, and I'm sure the sugar industry wasn't particularly worried about that. They were interested in their bottom line, and as long as they were making money, the fact that um, obesity in this country went from where it had been hanging at a steady level, maybe below 25%, say about 23% of the population, and suddenly exploded, so it went over thirty percent and it, over forty percent, and now it's up to like sixty percent or more. I'm not even sure what the exact statistic is, but that's that's where things have gone ever wow, since. Wow, that's this. terrible. That's terrible. It, it is terrible. It is terrible. So that's why I get angry about it, and that's why I want to blame the sugar industry. But and do you think? More than um, oh, go ahead.
2: Well, I was just thinking, I don't know why this just came to my mind now, because I don't have children, but I just see a lot of sweets going to children. And, you know, that starts them out at a very young age, getting their bodies accustomed to that. Yes. What's your thoughts absolutely. on that?
3: Oh, I agree with you that, it, that it's the wrong thing to do. But you know what? It goes back even, even further than that. Would you believe that uh, as infants, infants are now being given sugar, uh, when they are born, you know, ne- neonates, we're talking about just-born infants, um, because all of the procedures that they have to put babies through when they're first born are painful procedures, like they have to get a little bit of blood, so they prick the, the heel of the foot to get the blood. All of these things are, are painful, and the way they're handling it now is by giving them sugar to take away the pain and it works oh, because it changes word. brain chemistry but if you could imagine I mean we have an obesity epidemic now just imagine how bad it's going to be when from birth every time there's pain there's sugar
2: sugar yeah
3: holy oh. moly!
2: whoa yeah. that's wild Okay. Keep on going. Keep, this is interesting. Keep telling us more.
3: <laughs> okay. okay. Well, sugar actually makes us eat more, not just more sugar, but also more food in general. And that has to do with three specific brain chemicals. Now, you tell me, Shelly, should I, should I bore your listeners with, <laughs> with the specific brain chemicals, or should I just say one chemical, two chemicals, three chemicals?
2: Um, give us the name. So that, that's okay. fine. Not that we'll all retain that, but yeah. Go okay. ahead.
3: Yeah. All right. Well, first of all, there's Dopamine, which is linked with every addictive substance, and I think everyone knows at this point that sugar is addictive, but dopamine makes us like sugar a lot, and it also causes cravings for it. So like, hey, that was great. I want more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can eat sugar and then get cravings maybe later in the day or the next day or even for the next couple of days. And then there's also another chemical I think a lot of people have heard of, and that's serotonin. Mm -hmm. And people know about serotonin because it's an antidepressant, but at the same time, it does a lot of other things in the brain and the body. And one thing it does in this case is make us more willing to go to a lot of trouble to go get the sugar. So... um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so let, let me put it this I, way.
2: I could tell stories. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> I, know, I know, and so can I. But, but let, <laughs> me just, let me just wrap it up and make it simple for everyone to understand. The dopamine is what makes you love Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Okay. And want some at two o'clock in the morning. Get a craving for some at two o'clock in the morning. But the serotonin is what makes you willing to put your coat over your bathrobe <laughs> and drive to Seven Eleven at at two o'clock in the morning and get it. You
2: know? <laughs> so. Now I've never done that, Joan.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Some people people are more sensitive to this. Some people have a you know a more sensitive reaction to this, so they really can suffer with this. But then we also have a third brain chemical, and that's endorphins. Okay. Now endorphins, I think people know of because we talk about um, workouts as triggering an endorphin rush or something like that. And it does, but at the same time, sugar triggers endorphins. And they block the part of the brain that makes us feel as if we've had enough food and don't Uh eat another meal for a while. So if you're blocking that part of the brain because you've eaten sugar, then um, maybe that meal is going to be bigger than it otherwise would have been. And maybe you're going to find yourself starting your next meal sooner or even grabbing snacks that you wouldn't otherwise grab from meal to meal between the meals. Whoa. And endorphins also change our food preferences so that we want, you know, more sugar and maybe more fat, all the things that can add to uh, weight gain. And and I'll also say that vegetables don't seem very appealing to someone who's hooked on sugar. They just don't seem appetizing. Right.
2: Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Um, Let's take another quick, quick short break. That makes a lot of sense. And we'll come back and get into this a little bit more. So everybody, hang tight. Don't go anywhere. And we'll see you all on the other side of the break.
0: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
4: Real Transformation Skincare Center in beautiful Capistrano Beach, California offers the latest innovative cutting edge anti aging and acne treatments. Owner Shelly Hancock has 28 years of experience in the industry, so with that, you can expect to get results. Visit us on the web today at realtransformationcenter.com. We offer facial treatments, body treatments, and a variety of skincare products. Call us for more information 949 481 4037 or at www.realtransformationcenter.com. InformationCenter.com. Shelly Hancock Consulting is your trusted aesthetic advisor. Shelly uses her 28 years of experience to help aestheticians take their business to the next level. Shelly offers private one on one consulting, plus training workshops, aesthetic equipment sales, skincare products, and business success tips just for you and your business. Please visit www.shellyhancock.com to find out more or to help you transform your skincare business. That's Shelly with an EY, Hancock.com.
1: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Shelley's Show & Tell. To reach our show today, please call one 866 472-5792. That's one 472 5792 Or feel free to email contactme at ShelleyHancock.com. Now, back to Shelley's Show and Tell.
2: Welcome back to Shelly's Show and Tell. I'm your host, Shelly Hancock, and I have been chatting with Dr. Joan Kent about sugar and its effects on the brain. And we just got finished talking about the three brain chemicals that cause us to want sugar and to go get sugar, sometimes late at night, and then to eat more sugar. That was really very, very interesting. Um, a great way to break it down, Dr. Joan, about why we do what we do with, with sugar. So why why do we crave sugary foods?
3: Oh, well, cravings, I think cravings are an interesting topic. Cravings can be triggered by many things. Eating a sugary food, that can set us up for cravings. Also, withdrawal whether the withdrawal is from alcohol or drugs, say cocaine, or sugar, more sugar. Um, stress, especially long-term stress, can trigger sugar cravings. PMS, because of the change mm-hmm. in hormones. S- uh, seasonal affective disorder, when the days get shorter and we don't have enough daylight, that can bring people's moods way down and trigger cravings for uh, for sugar. Um, depression itself or other bad moods. And also what a lot of people don't realize is our diet, because what we eat and what we don't eat enough of can set us up for cravings. But what all of these things yeah, what all of these things have in common is brain chemistry. So what I what I want to stress about cravings is that they are uh, related to brain chemistry, they're neurochemical, and that makes them physiological. So they're real. They're not imaginary. And sometimes hmm. people treat cravings as if they are imaginary. They'll say, oh, just take a walk and change the scenery, yeah. and the craving will go away.
2: Yeah. Drink a glass of water and fight it.
3: Right. Exactly.
2: <laughs> it doesn't work.
3: <laughs> it, it You know, it probably works for some people, because I'm convinced that everything will work for someone. Yeah. But... I think if you have someone who's really suffering with food cravings, it's, it doesn't do them any service to say, "Well, it's just in your head," and if you if you uh, meditate or talk to a friend, they'll go away. And that's I've read that different places online that these are suggestions for handling cravings, and I don't I don't agree.
2: Yeah, because there's sometimes that you just you can't get your mind off of it. It's like you're not going to be satisfied until you get that chocolate bar in your mouth.
3: <laughs> yes.
2: So, what do we do?
3: <laughs> oh, to get rid of a craving. Yeah, <laughs> great, great question. Yeah, help. <laughs> so I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you short-term help, and then I'll give you long-term help. Okay. All right? So the short-term help, and this is this is probably the only nutrition magic I know because it works so fast. Um, you can take a teaspoonful of liquid B complex, liquid vitamin B complex. And it, the craving will go away in a few minutes. It's serious. It's seriously quick, and it's seriously um, effective. But I want to say a couple of things about this because for some reason that I have never been able to understand, when I say complete uh, liquid B complex, people hear B12. And I'm not um, talking about B12 or any other single B vitamin. I mean the whole thing. You need to get the whole B complex. So that's important. Liquid form is important because it works so much faster. If you try taking a tablet, it won't really have the same effect.
2: Got it. And now, where can somebody get I, something like that?
3: Oh, you, well, you can get it in place like, uh, you can get it at Whole Foods. Whole you can foods. get it at other, other health foods, okay. um, health food stores. Yeah, and you can get it online, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, but I do want to caution people, you know, please, please check with your doctor before you use this because for, uh, some medical conditions are contraindicated for this kind of treatment and I'll tell you what they are. Things like ulcers or gout or a gallbladder problem. Or previous heart attack. These are not, you know, people who have suffered with those should not be using this uh, this type of method. But for anyone else, it can work really quickly. But I also want to have another caution here. I'm being really
2: complete. This is great,
3: right? Don't if you get like ten cravings a day, don't use B complex. 10 times a day, like repeatedly all day long. If you do that, you can get side effects. And so that's, you know, again, go ahead and check with your doctor first to make sure. But if you're getting that many cravings, what you probably want to do is go for a long-term shift that will really get rid of the cravings permanently. And the way you do that is by changing your diet. Mm
2: -hmm. Now,
3: no one understands better than I do that that is easier to say than it is to do. But that's where I guess that's where professional coaching comes in, because I I have coached many of my clients to the point that they can get rid of sugar and feel wonderful, get past the cravings permanently. I mean, that's that's really the goal. So um, but if you are serious about getting rid of cravings on a long term basis, yeah, changing your diet is really the only way to go, because then you can make decisions about food instead of feeling compelled to eat sugar or feeling out of control until you do. Joan, when
2: you start somebody on a program where they're trying to get off of sugar, you're not cold-turkeying them, are you? You're, are you weaning them? How do, how do you work that?
3: Oh, I'm I'm so glad you asked that because I think it does scare people to think that they have to get rid of sugar immediately. I never start somebody by saying, nice to meet you, Mary. Let's get you off sugar. I never, ever do that. It would be um, starting with very... Um, healthful foods that will stabilize, and when I say the word stability, I'm talking about stabilizing blood glucose and stabilizing brain chemistry, and we do that by adding good things into the diet first, and then, you know, when everything is feeling a little bit better, you know, I've even said to people, well, if you get a craving while we're doing this, if you get a craving for chocolate chip cookies... First, you're going to have some chicken, then you're going to have your chocolate chip cookies.
0: <laughs> ah,
2: okay. And do All you right. find sometimes people won't, won't end up having the chocolate chip cookie then?
3: Sometimes, yes, because sometimes, the chicken yeah. can change the brain chemistry. And yeah. so, yes, exactly. But I do start giving them ways that they can work around it. I don't say, you know, like, go away from sugar immediately. I would never yeah. start with that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, good to know. (laughs) Because I think that does frighten, you know, some of us that like our sugar, it does frighten us. Um, We've got to be eased into it a little bit. So that's great. Okay. So what kind of foods do you have people start eating to um, change that? um, You didn't call that that's not the brain chemistry. That was something else you called that
3: well it will it will change brain chemistry. having people eat more protein will help them change brain chemistry, but also having them eat uh, let 's say some fats you know just putting a meal together in a way that um, that stabilizes both those things their glucose and also their brain chemistry. Okay. so when you put those two things together and their stability is a really great word and when I get my clients to the point that they will say is what I'm about to eat going to stabilize me or destabilize me then I know they're absolutely on the right track
2: Hmm. can you give us an example of a stabilized meal or a stabilized
3: snack or it would probably uh, shift a little bit from person to person but it would include protein Mm -hmm. and it would include um, it would include some fats good, wholesome, healthy fats. There are lots of those. And then also some, uh, hopefully some vegetables and things of that sort, but we can get, you know, it's a little bit, maybe a little bit more complicated. Sometimes I suggest starches, but some people can't eat starches. So I've got workarounds, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it gets more individual. So.
2: Do you find that people will fight you a little bit on the fat thing because of that whole thing you talked about before the, the against fat craze?
3: Yes, some people still do, and other people are um more open to this if they're really if they 're really convinced that they want to change their um, their relationship with sugar and their relationship with food in general they 're a little more open to it, and so that 's always good to see
2: love it um, so is that about it for cravings? Do you want to go on to the next part of the subject or oh. Yeah, I think we can it, go on to something okay. else. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I wanted to know how sugar can affect our health, like diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and you know many other diseases. Talk to us about that.
3: Okay, I think that's such an important question. Really important question. Um, all the diseases that you just mentioned are part of something that's known as metabolic syndrome, and um, I. I actually have had a lot of experience and a lot of success in helping people reverse metabolic syndrome. Um, so let, let me talk about this. I hope that the science won't uh, won't put people to sleep, and I hope it won't confuse anybody. <laughs> but underlying all of the diseases in metabolic syndrome is something known as insulin resistance. And so I'll just describe what that is. It's not as confusing as it might sound. It means that we're making insulin, but for one reason or another, and there are quite a few reasons, the body is not responding to the insulin. So the the, um, the first line of defense in the body is to produce more, right? A little bit didn't work. Let's see what happens when we try a lot. And um, that can work for a while, but the problem is that those high levels of insulin actually trigger inflammation, now, what's interesting, that's where the disease comes from. People think that insulin resistance causes the, the disease, but insulin resistance itself isn't really the disease causer. Insulin resistance triggers that high insulin, and that's what causes the disease because insulin brings on inflammation. And medical doctors now say that inflammation is the root cause of disease. So what the heck does this have to do with sugar? Well, sugar can actually... Cause insulin resistance because it triggers the release of a lot of insulin, and that 's where we get to you know high insulin will cause inflammation, and some people are more sensitive to this than others, so when they eat sugar, they make a whole mess of insulin they make you know more than average and they 're called carbohydrate sensitive and um, that 's there you go. So sugar is triggering the insulin resistance and the insulin resistance or the other way around. Sugar can actually make us insulin resistant and then of course the insulin resistance is triggering all that insulin to make us um experience inflammation.
2: So but, so people are are typically their their systems are born this way or can they be by the by the by having so much sugar in their system can they
3: change as they age? Does that that make sense? Yes and yes. Oh, yes, it (laughs) makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. So, yes, you can be born insulin resistant or you can be born with like a predisposition to that. Um, But, you know, a a great phrase that I heard a long time ago is predisposition is not predestination. So just Mm. because you have this tendency, maybe in your family line, doesn't mean that you have to develop it. So that's good to know. But your other, the other part of your question is, can it happen as a result of, say, the way you eat? And that is absolutely true because insulin receptors, you know, all these chemicals that we have in the body have specific uh, receptors that they bind with and that's what causes the the reaction. And the insulin receptors are very sensitive to what's going on. So if you eat... Let's say you're someone who is really sensitive to sugar and you produce a flood of insulin every time you eat it. And then because you like it so much or maybe you're addicted to it, you are eating insulin all the time. The next thing you know, that flood of insulin that you're producing can cause um, a reaction in the insulin receptors so that they, are, they cut down. They're fewer in number and they're less sensitive to the insulin. So the way we eat can actually make us insulin resistant. That process is called downregulation. And the word actually comes from brain chemistry research, but it applies to insulin receptors very, very much. And it, uh, as I said, the insulin receptors are really sensitive to this, and they respond very easily and very readily. So, yeah, you can eat yourself into insulin resistance.
2: And and then, then, yeah, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead.
3: Oh, I was going to say there's even mm-hmm. another example that doesn't have to do specifically with insulin resistance or even inflammation, and that is high blood pressure. If you ask people what causes high blood pressure, most people say, "Oh, well, it's too much salt," and um, and that can happen. And also, people will say, "Well, it's from being overweight," and that can happen too. But sugar can actually lead to high blood pressure because sugar triggers high insulin, as we've just said, and that high insulin will trigger high levels of serotonin. So here's serotonin again. So yeah. serotonin does a lot of things. Yes, it's an antidepressant, and yes, it will make you go to Seven Eleven in your bathrobe to get Ben and Jerry's, but it also is a vasoconstrictor. Oh. So Right. So... If you're eating in a way that is triggering high levels of insulin, you're eating lots of sugar and you're making lots of insulin, especially if you're sensitive to that and especially if you've been eating large quantities of sugar, your arteries can be narrow, getting more and more narrow, increasingly narrow, and that vasoconstriction will drive the blood pressure up in the same exact way that a garden hose with a narrow diameter will increase the pressure that, of the water that comes out of the hose more than one with a large diameter.
2: Got it, got it. Oh, Joan, this is, this is interesting. Very interesting information. We have to take one last break. Um, but when we come back, I actually want to ask you about eating all this sugar is going to do all this to us. How, I know you can't answer this definitively, but uh, how quickly, typically, can someone turn this around by changing their diet? So that's what I'd like to ask you when we come back from the break. So everyone... Do not go away because you're going to want to hear the answer to this. We'll see you all on the other side of the break.
3: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
4: Real Transformation Skincare Center in beautiful Capistrano Beach, California, offers the latest innovative cutting-edge anti-aging and acne treatments. Owner Shelly Hancock has 28 years of experience in the industry, so with that, you can expect to get results. Visit us on the web today at realtransformationcenter.com. We offer facial treatments, body treatments, and a variety of skincare products. Call us for more information 949 481 4037 or at www.realtransformationcenter.com. Shelley Hancock Consulting is your trusted aesthetic advisor. Shelley uses her 28 years of experience to help aestheticians take their business to the next level. Shelly offers private one on one consulting, plus training workshops, aesthetic equipment sales, skincare products, and business success tips just for you and your business. Please visit www.shellyhancock.com to find out more or to help you transform your skincare business. That's Shelly with an EY, Hancock.com.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.
1: You are listening to Shelley's Show and Tell. To reach our show today, please call one 472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or feel free to email me at ShelleyHancock.com. Now, back to Shelly's Show and Tell.
2: Welcome back. Welcome back to Shelly's Show and Tell. I'm having so much fun today chatting with Dr. Joan Kent about, well, we started talking about sugar and how it affects our brains, but we just were really talking about how it affects our health and how our health can go downhill from this and my question right before we went to the break was okay now we know what the sugar can do to us by changing that getting out of this cycle of craving sugar and changing our diets kind of how quickly can someone start seeing that results of of getting a healthier diet you know in our health <clears throat>
3: It probably depends on how willing they are to be strict with it. And I'm really easy with people because I don't want to push them into something that makes them uncomfortable. But if someone is really strict, they could feel much better within a week or two, seriously. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it's a pretty quick turnaround in that regard. Yeah. And of course, uh, metabolic conditions might take a little longer. I can't say, okay, you've got diabetes, it'll be gone in a week. I'd never say something like that. But...
2: But people. I don't think we all need something that encourages us to keep going, right? So if in a week or two you can start feeling, what, more energy,
3: um, yes. clearer, clearer brain, right? Clearer brain, yes. The gone, you know, the brain, the fog, brain fog is gone. <laughs> I remember brain fog very well, and that's an unpleasant feeling. Yeah. Um, and also just better moods, just feeling, mm-hmm. you know, feeling happier, feeling just more up, you know, in your moods. <clears throat> so that's a great thing.
2: I actually want to that's a that's a good point right there about the mood thing cuz I think maybe maybe it's women more than men. I don't know. You can help me answer that, but I think we we grab for that I'm down, I'm sad, I'm going to have that piece of chocolate and we think that's going to bring our mood up. But how is how is that I know you probably said this a little bit, but how is that chocolate actually affecting us in the long run?
3: Okay. Well, the chocolate will give you just a temporary lift, but you said something uh, when you said women versus men. that I really do want to address. And that is that women sometimes have more problems with their moods than men do because the female brain actually turns serotonin over at a faster rate. So we need to keep making more. Women need to keep making more serotonin. And the way we do that, and a lot of people don't realize this because a lot of times they'll reach for more carbohydrates or more sugar and they'll go for like this little quick fix which doesn't really last very long, but believe it or not, what serotonin is made from is something called tryptophan, and that is an amino acid. And if anybody can remember their 7th grade biology class, we were, we learned in 7th grade biology that amino acids are, quote, the building blocks of protein.
2: <laughs> okay, uh, okay. Yeah,
3: yeah. So, um, so that's what Protein is made from and amino, or excuse me, tryptophan specifically is an amino acid that comes from protein. So believe it or not, women tend to like carbohydrate foods. I think a little bit more, but it benefits us more to have more protein in our diets.
2: Okay, so instead of the the chocolate bar, grab the turkey or chicken. Exactly.
3: Grab turkey or grab some turkey leg. Grab a turkey leg. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Sorry. No, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. But that's that's kind of the point right there.
2: I love it. Okay. Joan, this has been um, absolutely enlightening. I want to make sure that I say again to all my guests out there, my listeners out there, to grab your book, Stronger Than Sugar, on uh, Amazon. And did you want to talk a little bit about your other book? Because that one I have not read.
3: Oh, That one is is a Kindle book, and it's really for people who are concerned about athletics. You know, if someone does workouts where they feel they need to fuel themselves, maybe because the workouts are long, say endurance-type workouts, cyclists can benefit from it. Um, Anyone who does long workouts can benefit from it. And what it's about is ways to keep yourself going during those athletic events without having to resort to all of the... um, The high sugar bars and gels and goos and uh, yeah, cliff blocks and all of those things that are loaded with sugar. Because we we didn't really
2: mention that you are quite the athlete.
3: Oh, well, thanks. Yes. Um, (laughs) Don't be shy. I do, I do have a master's degree in exercise physiology, so I'm qualified to talk about this stuff. But I was going to tell you, I was going to give you an example of something that happened to me on, on a bike ride. Um, it was a long ride. I'm trying to remember. I think it might have been 65 miles. And the, oh, yeah. the worst part was that I discovered uh, at the first stop that I had left all the food that I had brought with me in the trunk of my car. Oh, no. Right. No. 65 exactly. miles.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so there I was about, I don't know, 15 or 20 miles into the ride, and I didn't have any food, and so I was um, my only option was to go to the, the rest stops and eat what they had. Well, I think most places they're starting to get really smart, and they'll serve things like potatoes and maybe little uh, peanut butter sandwiches, you know, on whole grain bread, things of that sort, but not this place. Not this ride. All they had were, uh, I don't know, they had some granola bars, and they had, they had M&Ms, and they had oh. things. Yeah, they even had coffee cake. And, oh, I, <laughs> and I'm looking at this thing, I can't eat this stuff. I'll never survive. But yeah. at some point, I went in the ride. I was so hungry, and I was afraid I'd bonk completely and never make it back to the finish line. So I ate, I think I ate a granola bar. And believe it or not, again, the same thing that happened to me behind the, car, the wheel of the car, I started falling asleep on the bicycle. Oh, my God. I know. I started wow. falling asleep on the bicycle. It's amazing that I didn't have a bike crash, right? Did you Did but you make it through the full 65 miles? I, I managed to make it through the full 65 miles. It took me a heck of a lot longer than it would have. Would have had you had proper yeah. food. Oh, my gosh, Joan. <laughs> Let's quickly, because... At this
2: hour goes so fast. Um, okay. you, do, you do coaching for people, and let's, uh, you, have a, you have something for my, my listeners out there.
3: Yes, thank you for asking, and for your yeah. show, Shelly, and I, you'll see how it was exactly just for your show. I've put together a special offer, and I'm calling it A Taste of Nutrition Coaching. Oh, I like this that. A four, <laughs> it's a four-week taste, and it's just for the first 20 people who reply And what they will get is a weekly individual coaching call with me, weekly professional food evaluations and food recommendations by me, email access to me for questions, and then just continued tweaks so they make progress throughout the four weeks. And my goal is that by the end of the four weeks, you can't solve every problem, but by the end you'll be on a solid path to better health, better moods, fewer cravings, decreased appetite, and a sense of freedom that is i can't even describe but it's worth everything and i'm not I kidding about that last part that's really true
2: and how are they going to get a hold of you joan
3: oh okay let me tell you and i just want everyone to know because i haven't yet made the uh, the um given you the particulars so m- the regular fee that i charge for a month of coaching is $1200 and i have a 6 month minimum but this taste of nutrition coaching is only Drum roll, please, 297.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. This is awesome. As, for the first as, 20 people. First 20 people,
3: okay. exactly. Okay. So the way to do this, and I had my, my web designer, wonderful web designer, scrambling to put this together just this morning for your show, Shelley. Thank Here's you, what Joan. Here's Go to lastresortnutrition.com. Let me say that again, lastresortnutrition.com. And when you get there, at the top of the page, you'll see a gold banner. And the gold banner says, register for our next seminar. Now, ignore the fact that it says seminar, because my web designer did this just this morning. Okay. So ignore the fact that it says seminar. And then just below that, it says, sign me up. Click on sign me up. And then you will be taken to the registration form. And you'll know you're in the right place, because it says, uh, a taste of nutrition coaching. And it also says for Shelley's Show and Tell <laughs> listeners only. Love so, it. I know. So uh, you complete the form, and that'll take you to a PayPal page. And pay, PayPal's really convenient because you can pay um, you can pay with your credit card. You don't have to have a PayPal right. account. But all of that stuff becomes clear as you go because all the instructions are available. That's fabulous, Joan. Joan, we we have to say goodbye.
2: Um, Everyone, go do that because this is only for the first 20 people, and Nate and I already have taken the first two, so there's only 18 left. (laughs) This is great. (laughs) Thank you so much. I had so much fun chatting with you. Um,
3: Um, And let's have you back
2: again sometime.
3: That would be great. Thank okay, you so much. And thanks for okay, having everyone.
2: Me. That's all we've got for you today. I want to thank Dr. Joan Kent for joining me and all of you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show, and I also hope that you learned a thing or two. Please feel free to share your thoughts and ideas with me. Email me at me at Shelleyhancock.com. Remember, that's Shelly with an EY. Please tune back in next week for more exciting adventures on Shelly's Show and Tell. Until next time, be well and be happy.
1: Thanks for joining Shelley Hancock for Shelly's Show and Tell. Please be sure to tune in again next Monday afternoon, live at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We
0: can't wait to speak again next week.